0: It has been 400 years since the prophet Malachi wrote, and 500 years since the last appearance of the heavenly visitor. But on this night, the world would be forever changed. God God could have chosen anywhere to be his home. He could have built a palace for himself that would made the grandeur of the Roman Empire seem like nothing, but he didn't. God chose to send his son to be born among the forgotten, the overlooked, and the poorest. This is the story of how God came to be with us. At that time, the Roman Emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancestral town, home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who is now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for a baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there is no lodging available for them.
1: Come on you faithful See the love See the grace That is born Unto us tonight Come on you broken See the love See the hope That restores everything That's been lost And the
0: shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks to sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. The shepherds were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah of the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you recognize him by this sign. You will find the baby wrapped snuggled in strips of cloth, laying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels have returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby laying in a manger. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw a star when it rose, and I'm come to worship him. The star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them, and it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down to worship him. Then they, present, then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The child born in Bethlehem is none other than God Himself in human form. Jesus is God. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is inviting you to play your part in His story for you, to know Him, to love Him, and to invite Him into your heart today. The greatest story ever told, the greatest gift ever given. Jesus Himself, what will you do with Him? <laughs>
2: I think we should hear it one more time for these great kiddos and their performance this morning. Thanks, guys. Pretty awesome. Is it done? That's the question. Thank you, Bailey, for that. And uh, I think she probably got that from her dad, Tim, who probably says that every weekend when I'm preaching. Is it done? Right? What a great time. Thank you so much, kiddos. You know They talked a lot about angels this morning, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about angels today because today is Angel Day in Advent, week four of Advent, and I love how the kids tell the story, and one of one of the reasons this is one of my favorite services of the year is because kids do it with such simple faith, don't they? Like they just bring it. They just know Jesus loves them, and they bring it, and that's their message to us, simply that Jesus loves them, and I think as adults... I think sometimes it gets complicated. We go through more times of hurts in our life or pain in our life, and we kind of question God's love sometimes. But I love that the kids just simply come and they say, Jesus loves us. And, uh, you know, the Bible says become more like a child to enter the kingdom, right? And so I think that's the challenge to us is to become people of simple faith that simply believe Jesus loves us. Amen? Isn't that good? That's the message. That's the simple message of Christmas. Well, I don't know about you, but when I grew up, I got mixed messages about angels. Anybody else? Kind of like bad theology, um, weird doctrine, TV shows. Uh, I remember when our kids were young, we raised them on this show called Touched by an Angel. Anybody else ever see? Here's a, a reminder of what that was all about. And really, in the world of Hollywood, it wasn't a bad show. It was decent compared to a lot of the other shows. Just not accurate, right? And so you get these weird ideas of, of what angels are and what angels are not. Uh, we get our information about angels from a lot of sources, you know, movies and videos. Uh, one that we watch every Christmas. Here's a little clip just to remind you of what, what some people say about angels. a very
1: dear friend of mine. Look, Daddy, teacher says every
0: time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings.
1: That's right. That's right. the boy, class
2: Every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. How many of you have heard that one before? Right? But it's not true. Not true at all. So I thought this morning I'd start our time together by doing a little angel knowledge quiz just to see how much you know about angels or what you've believed is wrong about angels. And, you know, I'm leaving a lot out. The Bible is full, absolutely full of stories about angels. But here's a few. See how you do this morning. Just kind of keep track um, in your notes there to see how well you answer these questions. Uh, First of all, the two angels mentioned by name in the Bible are? Michael and Gabriel. Very good. I'm starting off easy for you. Here's true, false. True, false. Angels are created. True, false. True, right? Sometime before the seventh day of creation, God made the angels. In Genesis 2 1, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and the host of them. So the host of them is, of course, the angels. Okay, true, false. Angels have wings. Ah, we got a mixed response on that one, don't we? The answer is some. Some. The cherubim in Exodus 25, Ezekiel 1 and 10, the seraphim in Isaiah 6, and in Revelation 4:8, the living beings, each of them had six wings, and their wings were covered all over with eyes, inside and out. That's why I didn't give you a picture of them, because it would be so weird, you know, to see an angel with wings with eyes. Okay, here's another one. True, false. Angels can be seen. True, okay. So the answer to that is sometimes. Sometimes when God allows us to see them Remember the story of Balaam? Balaam and his donkey Remember this story? Where Balaam was going to go be with Balak And God didn't want him to go And so God posted an angel in the road with a sword And here's the interesting thing about this story Is that the donkey could see the angel But Balaam could not Until God opened his eyes Isn't that interesting? Makes you wonder and begs the question When your cat is freaking out in the house (laughs) And running all over the kitchen. What do you think it sees? <laughs> all right? Just, just a thought. True, false. Angels have feelings. Well, not sure, are we? Jesus tells us, Luke 15, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there's joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. So we know that angels can feel at least joy, right? Okay, true, false. Angels are curious. True. All right. First Peter 1 Peter 1.12. Peter was writing to us about God's amazing plan of salvation and how wonderful it is to see it worked out in the lives of believers. And in this statement, he says, things into which angels long to look. Like they're following this story of salvation and watching as it unfolds in our lives. And, and they long to see what the end is going to be. True, false. Angels get married. Oh, good. Very good. You're, you're on that one. In fact, Jesus said, People, us, will neither marry nor are given in marriage in heaven. So that's good news for some of you guys. Uh, but they're like the angels in heaven. So in other words, angels are not married in heaven. Okay? Here's one. We know that angels can be powerful warriors. Do you know this? The Word of God tells us that the angels can be very, very powerful warriors. In Revelation 20, John tells us that in the end days... The angel seized the, seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and threw him into the pit. So on, one, on the one hand, angels can be incredibly powerful and do battle. And on the other hand, angels love to worship. Angels love to love God. And in Revelation 5, it says that the angels, numbering myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands, and they say with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. So there's just a a few things about angels this morning. We're not going to spend a lot more time there. Just a little bit. But they play such a big part in this fourth weekend of Advent that we call Angels Advent. And they play such a big part because God entrusts them with this powerful, life-changing and really world-changing news of the Messiah that has come, that our our kids just got to share with us this morning. So this morning as we celebrate simple Christmas, I want us to celebrate the idea and the truth that angels are among us. Angels are among us. And in fact, this morning as we worship together, it wouldn't surprise me at all that there are angels in our midst. We don't know because we can't always see them. But who knows, perhaps there are an angel or two in our midst In Luke 2, 8 through 9, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. Would you say that with me? Appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Now let me ask you a question. Every picture you've ever seen of this story, where has the angel been? Up in the sky, right? Somewhere way up there in the sky, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Not so much up in the sky. That's going to come later when the heavenly hosts appear. But the angel appeared among them, and the glory of the Lord was among them. And this series that we're in is called With Us. It's a simple Christmas. Simply with us, because number one, Jesus was with us, and the Holy Spirit lives where? In us. In us. And angels are among us. Angels are among us. Now I want you to notice here, the angel appeared among them, not up in the sky. And there's great reason to believe that angels are still among us today, more than they actually appear. And again, we don't spend a lot of time thinking about that because the Holy Spirit lives in us. And so most of of our attention is given, and rightly so, to the Spirit of the Lord, right? Who lives in us. But it's pretty cool to think about That the Bible actually normalizes this idea, this teaching, that there could easily be angels among us. So it's kind of fun to think about. If you think about Genesis 19, the story of Sodom, when Lot invited a couple of angels home for dinner. Remember that story? And it got kind of ugly, right? And then in Hebrews, so let's give you some New Testament for this. Hebrews 13.2 says, Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. So you know that homeless guy? Or you know those people that you feel like you need to help? Or somebody that you invite home that you've never met for dinner? Or that busted down car that you stop and help? Who knows? You may be entertaining or helping angels without realizing it. You know, King David wrote that angels protect us. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go and they will hold you up with their hands, Psalm 91. Jesus said that angels guard us, and he actually quoted the scripture in Luke 4.10 when he said, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. You know, we're also told that angels serve us in Hebrews 1.14. The writer says, Are not angels ministering servants sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? And Jesus, I mean, we think about our kids this morning who... Got up here and, you know, when the lights came up, you saw them start to blink. It's very true. That's exactly how it feels under these lights. But Jesus said about children, when he was talking about caring for the children and and not causing them to stumble, here's what Jesus said in Matthew 18. He said, Don't look down on any of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels are always in the presence of my heavenly Father. Now, Jesus makes it sound like these kids have angels that are guarding them, that are protecting them, that are bringing them before the Heavenly Father. I also want to mention today, because I think this is very important that we understand in our day-to-day battles of life. It's very important to understand that angels fight for God and they fight for us in the heavenlies. They are doing war on our behalf. There are real battles going on Right now in the heavenlies And again when I say heavenlies I don't mean way up there in the sky I mean in that spiritual realm Even among us That we can't see That the angels are doing battle On our behalf There's so much great story about this In the book of Daniel If you've never read the book of Daniel You should It's a powerful book That really talks a lot about What angels are doing on our behalf Now here's a little bit from Daniel's life Daniel had been praying and fasting Because he had some questions for God about some prophecies that had been given that had not yet taken place. And so Daniel was asking God for some answers. And anybody else ever asked God for answers? And so Daniel was praying and Daniel was fasting and God responded to his prayer by sending a heavenly messenger. And this is what this messenger said in Daniel 10. The messenger said, Daniel, you are very precious to God. Don't you love when God starts out that way? I love that. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. And Daniel said, when he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. And then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Kind of sounds like an Avengers movie, doesn't it? I mean, there's powerful things going on in the heavenlies that we don't even know about. Then you skip ahead to verse 20. It says... The angel goes on to say, Soon I must return to fight against the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. And after that, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Greece will come. Meanwhile, I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one helps me against these spirit princes except Michael, your spirit prince. Again, it seems like God has assigned to Daniel a particular um, angel, Michael. Michael. And so what I want to bring to you this morning just to think about before we close with this very powerful message that the kids brought us today is that there are angels and they are battling in the heavenlies and they are battling with spirit princes. You know, the scriptures say we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Should it surprise us that the Bible tells us about angels that are doing battle. And do you know what they're battling over? They're battling over this message. They're battling over our lives. They're battling over us and salvation. Heaven is at war over the simple message of Christmas. Why do you think King Herod had all those children under the age of two killed? It's because he was under the influence of of a spirit prince. And so why was this simple message so powerful and important? Why was this message that we heard about this morning from these children, why was this so important? And here's why. It's because this message and this Savior would bring bring peace to this battle, would bring peace to this war that had been raging in the heavenlies for centuries. And it would save all of mankind from the grip and the control of their very real enemy, Satan. And this message and this gospel would free us from the one who wants to kill us and steal from us and destroy us. So let's talk about that message just for a few minutes today because that's really the important part of my message to you today. Number two, it's that God's good news brings great joy To all people. God's good news brings great joy to all people. Would you say all people with me today? All people. people. Scripture makes it clear that God wants all people to repent and come to the knowledge of the truth. Luke chapter 2, verse 9, the shepherds were terrified. It's funny how every time you read about angels in the Bible and, and people coming in to contact with them, People are terrified, so maybe they're not the cute little, you know, chubby angels we see flying around. Maybe it's not them. Maybe they are big and powerful and, and strong and, in a sense, terrifying. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I will bring you, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Let me say that again. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize Him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. This morning we have Jesus wrapped in a burlap potato sack. But you know, it's kind of a strip of cloth, right? There you will find this sign that I have given to you. And the angel said, This is... Good news will bring great joy to all people. And as we think about a simple Christmas today, and we've tried to bring it back to the simplicity and the centrality of the message, as we think about simply that God is with us, and that's His intention for us, what began in a manger, think about this, what began in a manger has literally spread to all the ends of the earth. There are hardly any places left now compared to the whole world That have not heard of the gospel There are still some And we're working hard To bring the gospel The good news of Jesus To the darkest places To the unreached peoples But it's happening And the gospel is spreading From this manger To the whole world God gave Jesus The Messiah To all people And with Jesus comes joy Amen Amen. With Jesus comes joy Aren't you glad you have Jesus? Aren't you glad he pursued you? Aren't you glad that it wasn't just for some, but it's for all? Aren't you glad that you were able to say yes to this drawing of the Holy Spirit upon your heart, upon your life, that Jesus found you? It's pretty remarkable. And when this joy comes, and here's what I want us to focus on today as we close, when this joy comes, comes incredible peace. Peace like the world does not know. Jesus said, peace I bring you, peace I leave with you, not as the world gives, do I give it to you. I give you a special a, a special brand, my own peace. It's everlasting. It overcomes and supersedes any trouble that you might face in this world. This is the peace of knowing Christ. This is the peace of having the Holy Spirit in our life. And that's number three in your notes today, that peace comes to those with whom God is pleased. Peace comes to those with whom God is pleased. Let's read that, verse 13. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. Now again, when you think about angels, isn't it interesting that the writers of angels talk in terms of armies, military terms? These are fighters, right? Armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. I want to ask you this morning, is God pleased with you? Is God pleased with you? You know, in just a few days, most of us will open some gifts, right? It'll be Christmas morning, and personally, I love Christmas morning. I love giving gifts. I don't really care as much about opening. I love giving. It's so fun to watch people open the gifts that we've picked out for them. But I will tell you today that the greatest gift I've ever received in my life is the gift of the peace of God in my life. It's the peace of knowing my sins are forgiven. It's the peace of knowing that God is pleased with me. It's the peace of knowing that I don't carry shame and guilt over my past anymore. And I want to ask you this morning, do you have that peace? Do you have that peace in your life? The peace that passes all understanding. The peace to believe that God is pleased with you. Let me help define that for you this morning. Because I think many times we get caught up in a works mentality when we think about The question, is God pleased with me? And and we look at our life and we see where we failed or where we fell and we say, how could God be pleased with me? How could God be pleased with me? But I want you again to read this verse with me. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Another version says, those to whom God's favor rests. God's favor rests. And so let me ask you today, what does it mean to please God? Is He pleased with us because we didn't cuss today? He didn't drop a bomb in traffic? Is that what pleases God with you? Is He pleased with us because we didn't get angry or frustrated today? Is that what His pleasure depends on? Is He pleased with you because you didn't worry today? Or you didn't get anxious today? Or is He pleased with you because you were obedient to your mom or your dad today? Now don't get me wrong, all of those are good things. All of those are fruit of a relationship that we have with Christ, right? Because He changes us in our heart. And so we do want to live differently than we did before. But I want to submit to you today that that's not why God is pleased with you. I want to submit to you today that what this scripture is talking about is that God is pleased with us for one simple reason. And that one simple reason is Jesus. You see, God is pleased with you not because of anything you can do to please Him, but because of Jesus in you. Because of Jesus in you. That is God's favor to us. That is God's goodwill to us. God's goodwill has a name. His name is Jesus. And you see, when you have Jesus in your life, then God sees you through Jesus. And God is pleased with you because he sees you through Jesus. And that's really the only reason God's pleased with us. God loves to see us do well. God loves to see us be obedient. God loves to see us move more and more into holy living. But I tell you today that outside of Jesus, nothing about us can please God. It's Jesus. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Paul said in Romans 5.11 that God is pleased with us. Because of Christ in us. You know as we wrap up this series on a simple Christmas. A simple Christmas is that Jesus Christ came to be with us. And he came to be with us so that he could reconcile us to our Heavenly Father. And because of this reconciliation we have friendship with God. We have friendship with God. We have peace with God, in Christ. You know, the King James Version that I grew up on, that's why oftentimes I'll slip into quoting verses to you in the King James, because that's, that's how I have them in my head, right? So the King James Version says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's not a great translation of this verse. Because God didn't come that the earth in all its entirety would experience peace. In fact, Jesus said that I came with a sword, right? I came to divide. I came not to bring peace. So how do you reconcile those verses? Peace comes to those who are in Christ. And that's why the newer translations read peace comes to those on whom his favor rests or on whom those on whom that you know, those that God is pleased with. That's where his peace comes. And so His peace, God's good will toward you, is in Christ. His peace comes when you receive Christ. God looks at you and sees Jesus and He is pleased. Now, I've had a lot of people tell me, Pastor Kurt, you know, if you could just give me one thing to remember about a service, just one thing that I could, that I could say all week, or just one thing that I could remember, or this, just one thing that I could repeat to myself, because that's about all I can do, just one thing. You'd be surprised how many people ask me for the one thing, the big takeaway. Okay, here it is. I'm going to give it to you this morning. If you could remember just one thing for you to say to yourself this week, here's here's what it would be. God is pleased with me. God is pleased with me. And I can say that to every person in the room who has Christ in your life, who has a relationship with Jesus That you have said to Jesus, Jesus, I receive you into my life. I ask you to forgive my sin. I ask you to make me right with the Father. I can say that to you today, and I can rightly say to you today that God would like you to say to yourself this week that God is pleased with me. That's what God would like you to say. Now, when you fall and fail like I do, when you get angry or frustrated or when you drop the bomb in traffic, When those things happen in your life, then God wants you to restore that relationship with Him by confessing your sin, letting Him know you're aware and inviting Him to forgive that sin. And Scripture says then He will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So I want to leave you with this thought today. Peace on earth to you with whom God is pleased. Peace on earth to you with whom God is pleased. Paul wrote this powerful scripture in Romans 5, verse 1. He said, Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to to sharing God's glory. Would you stand with me today? Would you stand? Let's just affirm God's peace in our lives through the love of Christ that he's given to us. Let's pray. Father, as we stand here in this place today, and we have had the pleasure and the privilege of watching our children, our grandchildren, bring their hearts to you and worship you, And just simply say before us, I know that Jesus loves me. That's really what they're saying. I know that Jesus loves me. And we just thank you for that honor, Lord, because you said we've got to become like kids to enter the kingdom. We have to have a childlike faith. We have to simply just receive from you, Lord, what you have for us. And so we do that today, Lord Jesus. We receive from you again what you have for us. And that is the simple salvation that you brought forgiveness of my sins, the provision of Jesus Christ on the cross, an eternal life with him promised by his resurrection from the grave, and friendship with God. And so Lord, in this moment, each of us, we affirm our faith, we affirm the salvation, we affirm all that you've done for us very simply this morning. We just say, Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. Once again, I just give my heart fully to you. Once again, I just ask you to be Lord of my life. And I submit to you, Lord Jesus. And I give my heart to you. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. We're going to close with one more great hymn. And we're going to give our tithes and offerings. So let's just worship the Lord in childlike faith as we do that this morning.